Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Holy crap, it's it's been a hot minute. You'll have to everybody if if I seem dumber today, you're gonna have to give me a break because I New Year's Eve started coming down with a some weird ass respiratory cold that makes me feel like I'm borderline special needs. It does. I don't know the inflammation in my head. I've been just, my brain is not functioning properly. Like last week I never even posted the podcast. I literally just let it sit there on a, on the published screen. Yeah. That's a rough cold, man. It's a lot of stuff going around. That's just that time of year. And we're in Wisconsin where it's like, 50s one day, minus 35 the next day. Now it's, you know, everything's frozen. I, at this point, I don't even know whether to shovel my driveway or not. Whatever it is, my daughter started with it, like, I don't know, a month and a half ago, and she'll get it, and then she'll get almost better, and then it'll kick back in. So I'm hoping that's not the way it is for me. Hopefully for adults, it's different. But, yeah, man, it was it's like. not the vid, is it? Well, I so I don't think so. I've, tes- <laughs> I've, tested, I've tested for it, but. um. 
in theory, right, the way that a virus evolves, it would make sense for the for the newer strains of the virus to kind of evade those home tests because it would make it so that it was a yeah. lot more easily spread. <clears throat> so um, as far as the uh, home testing goes, no, I don't have the vid. But other than that, <laughs> uh, a lot of the symptoms are very similar to my original vid as far oh, as the brain fog and the stuffiness and the body aches and all the other shit that comes with it. So I think people, a lot more people are starting to figure it out. So, you know, I think Elon's going to release something this week uh, about Fauci. So tune in and see what happens there. Oh, have you heard of this um, adult athletes, adult athlete sudden death syndrome? Uh, yeah, there's almost happened right during a live NFL game. And so I think that that's why this is kind of coming up a lot more was because of that, the, the, what happened during the, the, uh, NFL game. And there is, there, there is perfectly explainable data that's happened in the past from a, from a chest hit where this would have nothing to do with what, with, with the whole jab that we were talking about. Right. Or, or the, yeah. or the vid, but, but did you see that? So actual hit, I didn't watch any of it. Yeah, I was so, watching it when it happened, and so how I, I, how I actually came across this was you know who Ed Dowd is, yeah. So Ed Dowd, former BlackRock analyst, wrote a book called uh, Cause Unknown, and Cause Unknown is basically because he's a you know he's a data analyst, he's going through and and analyzing all of this sudden death data, and the reason that he's doing it was it is kind of started for investment purposes because. If you think about if, if you're strictly a you know cause and effect investor and you st- and you realize that there's something like a like a trend that people generally you know percentages are going to tick up for people that are dying, you start to think about okay I don't want to have any money in insurance companies right because insurance actuary tables all go off of numbers and data and if all of a sudden you got a lot more people that are dying earlier or enough of a statistical number where it's going to where it's going to make your prices go out of line then you're not going to be profitable. So you want to make sure you don't have any money in that, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you don't have any money in extremely uh workforce heavy businesses because workforces are going to be short. Um and then you want to have, you know, you want to have uh, have money in in funeral homes and stuff like that, you know? So so this he he started down this this data line strictly just analyzing data as far as the investments are concerned, and then all of this shit started to pop up with the amount of sudden deaths that are happening. And just to give you an idea, um, we have data for thirty eight years of sudden adult athlete deaths, and bec- the reason that this is so weird is because these are people that are at their, that are at the pinnacle of their health, mm-hmm. right? These are adult athletes, competitive athletes, and on average, I, be, I don't know if this is the United States or if this is across the world, but we only average about 28 or 29 for the last 36 years up to 2020 Yeah, per year. Starting 2021 and 2022, we've had over 250, so 10x each year, 2021 and 2022. Is that all that's being reported? <clears throat> so this is not even, if you start to look into these numbers, the way that, the, the way that it's being reported is, is it's, it's being reported as an outcome of the lockdown. Like 
what were some of the excuses that they're using when they're reporting this data? Um, missed cancer screenings, um, oh, yeah. suicide rates, a lot of this shit. With it, but none of this stuff, as far as when you're doing like a logic analysis, none of this stuff makes sense because these people aren't in extremely high risk cancer ages. Um, very small portion of these deaths are, would be considered, um, suicide, right? This is all like, it's, it's a very weird, the way that the numbers are coming in. So now to be 100% fair, he is leaning towards the jab. This is a correlative number. This is not a causational number. This could literally be outcome of previous COVID infection. You know, there's, there's no saying that this is a, a jab dependent thing. But the fact that these numbers are out there and the mainstream media, the people in power and all this stuff are completely ignoring it, that smells like a cover up. And so that's where that's where you start to lean. Oh, well, if this was just because of an illness, then we could say it was because of the illness. We wouldn't be we wouldn't be manipulating numbers. We wouldn't be manipulating data to actually say. Right. But you're not going to find this in the first nine pages of Google. Because if you're looking for data, I I couldn't find the U.S. data, the U.K. data. I mean, there, if you're saying U.S. is about 10x, right now the U.K. is about their increase of of sudden death with athletes pertaining to cardiac arrest is 99.98% higher than it was. And this is through the 21 or late 20 in 2021. Um, data so there's got to be some like you said correlation yeah can we say causation at this point we don't have like the thing is is you know what what we don't know and what we'll never know because there's no real way to study this is we can't say that all right five billion people have gotten have gotten the jab we can't say that it would be less damaging if 5 billion people got the actual virus, right? We can't say that people that are on people that are on one side and they want to skew the narrative one way or the other can, will will assume it wasn't the virus. It was the, it was the jab or it wasn't the jab. It was the virus. Right. But we can't say that we have no fucking idea. Right. Cause we can't test that. But what we can say is in Pfizer's initial, initial testing on humans, the test group which got the jab versus the control group that didn't get the jab they got a placebo right mm-hmm. the overall instance of death in the test group was 21 people and the overall instance of death in the control group was 17 now in every single pharmaceutical study at that point if that would have happened in any other study in the world that drug would have been shelved until another test oh, yeah. was done or until they, it was a causation was figured out or until they came back and, and were completely able to, to, to redo those numbers. Well, even at one or two deaths, technically that would have been That's 23%. Yeah. I think it was, it might've been 17 to 23 because it was a 23% increase. And in any study where there's more deaths in the test group than in the control group, no yeah. matter what that number is, no matter if it's out of 10 and it's one and two, yeah, we have to extrapolate that out to the, to to if it was if it was five billion, that might be a hundred million more. Yeah, in but, the test group than the control group. 
But all that is washed because of the EAU, right? Emergency uh, or EUA, emergency use authorization. So yeah, but <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, if I'm looking at what had happened the other night, my son and I were watching a game, and all of a sudden it happened. We watched the um the whatever you call it the rewind. <laughs> I'm losing the word here. Replay. Replay. Gotcha. There we go. It, it was a regular, it was a football hit. It wasn't a direct collision into the chest. So, um, and even if it is, I mean, the padding for adult, because the, what they were quoting was basically what happens with, um, children and teens. And I believe it was like a commotion side starts with a C as a two word condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually if you get hit by like a hockey puck or a baseball, you know, directly in that chest area. So, you know, I don't, the, the whole ESPN network saying, oh, well, we shouldn't, you know, rerun that, that replay. There, there was nothing on it that looked vicious. There was nothing. He actually made the tackle. It looked like a football play. He stood up. He clapped. And Austin literally, it looked like a heart attack. He collapsed straight back. And if it wasn't for the, the ambulance being right there on the field and they administered CPR immediately, he would have been a goner. So it was, and they finally labeled it. It was cardiac arrest. He got to the hospital and, you know, right now he's, he can't verbalize, but he can, you know, he can, he's been writing messages to the doctor. So, but they had to intubate him right away and, uh, you know, perform CPR or perform CPR and then intubate him. So, you know, I don't know whether they're going to talk more about it, whether it's about myocarditis, I don't know, but everybody's going off on all these like side tangents aside from what, Really is what happened is a cardiac arrest, and why did it happen at 24 years old on an athlete? On an athlete, on somebody that's at the peak of their career, basically. Yeah, and this wasn't a lineman who's like two, 300 pounds with their body fat at, you know, 30, 40%. This was a defensive back that was lean and lean. You're talking under 200 pounds, you know, 5'11". Um, and 24 years old. And 24, yeah. yeah. And ironically, in that same evening, there was an old uh, Jacksonville Jaguar uh, offensive lineman that was retired. Uh, I believe he was 38, who has been really vocal. I mean, his vocal portion on social media was because he basically was like, well, everyone, everyone needs to get the jab. Whoever doesn't, you know, needs to be punished and yada, yada, yada. Ironically, this guy all of a sudden just had a cardiac arrest. Boom, gone. No kidding. Yeah. So, and there was another uh, young person that died. I'm not sure what sport, but it, it seemed to happen in threes. Um, you know, in the last two weeks, I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast on New Year's. Is uh, yeah, I went through. I think since then it was at that time it was like three deaths locally pertain to that. Now it's like five. You know, people. I don't know. People are dropping. Uh, cancer rates seem to be going up. You know, there's no causation. I'm not saying anything about that. It just seems like younger and younger, there's, there's, uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, death happening and, earlier. And here to play, to play devil's advocate, like I said earlier, like, let's say that it comes back to this being from the spike protein that is, that is in the vaccine, but also in the virus. Oh, I said vaccine. Shit. Now we're going to be black. No, now, now we're going to be, be black. Oh, off damn the it. Air. I've been trying to say jab Son every time. Bitch, man. <clears throat> Let's say that it's from that spike protein, right? Because it's the same spike protein either way. There's no saying whether it would be, it could be worse if 5 billion people got the virus. We don't know that. Yeah. 
So like I, I need to, we need to preface that because I don't want to be one of these assholes that only talks out of one side of your mouth when it comes to especially podcasting. But let me ask you this was what was the what was the jab made to do? It was supposed to what? Reduce infection? No. No. So when it came out they said what? They really pushed the narrative hard that kind of like polio, kind of like mumps, kind of like measles, right? You get the vaccination, what happens? You don't get it. Oh, yeah, is that what I said? So reduce infection. So immediately when that was completely scrapped was when all the people that got the jab were basically getting it and getting it in droves. They're like, well, it's supposed to take the symptoms down. Well, no, it didn't. And see, that's the thing now. There's no studies that that can even point to that yet. No. So basically, you've taken all that risk and done nothing. And to me, it just looked like a, a bad marketing plan. So basically, you administered it to X amount of people, the masses. And then the masses are pressuring and the narrative is pressuring the people who haven't gotten it to get it. And okay, well, let's, let's try to get them on there again by making them take the a second round. You need the second round because the first round expired. So in order for it to work, you got to get a second. Well, they didn't get enough people then. Then they went in the third round and fourth round. And it's like, to me, it's, it's a microcosm of society is like, have we lost like all autonomy? Have people lost the way of thinking? At some point, this is the aftermath now. If do we have any part of the population that's like, wow, this is a that was a big mistake, and I really need to you know think about the next time the government tells me something, I actually should be like, mm, maybe I should you know do some research and think about it. But it doesn't seem to be. It seems like we moved on to the next narrative. Well, and, and there's, there's terminology for when you've completely, when you've bought into something, all of a sudden becoming blind to the alternative, right? And I don't know what that terminology is. I know I've heard it in the last week, but basically, you know, you've got a, Stupid. a well, you've got a large <laughs> portion of the population that has, that, that at one point in time, they listened, right? They, they listened to whatever, what the, the, the people at hand were saying. And they went and they, they got what they thought was going to help everybody out. And now they're so invested into that that they have their blinders on and they refuse to see differently. Yeah, but wouldn't, I don't know. I guess when, I, when it all started, I was like, okay, what, what's my risk here first? And then when I got the data back, I'm like, the, the risk of mortality was like not even a percent. I'm like, well then, okay, I'm going to trust that. I'm living a healthy lifestyle and keeping myself immune. And I look at the, you know, I get sick like maybe every year and a half is what the pace is right now. And a lot of it comes from, okay, well, I need to sleep better. And sometimes I need to be eating better at that time when I got sick. So it's, that was self-induced. So do I need to take something? At that point, I said, no, it's. Well, and, and the risk. The risk to benefit analysis is kind of what we've been preaching since the beginning. And, and for somebody like us, that risk to benefit analysis just didn't make sense. Yeah, but, but it's very different. It's very different for you and me. How can somebody be like, well, I'm just going to go off. Oh, I better go in and get something. And I'm not even knowing what I'm putting in my body. But the majority of people don't think about stuff the way that you and I think about stuff. We, we know that. I know. But if I walk up to your door and be like, hey, I got this snake oil. If you inject the snake oil, you're going to be... Uh, you won't get uh, any diseases. Look at ever. how many people believed eating raw liver was going to turn them into liver king. People are <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> I don't, 
<laughs> was there a lot of people that actually thought that? Yes. That they would look like liver Yes. Cake? Really? Yes. <laughs> the couldn't... nine ancestral tenants. Yes. Oh, people yeah. buy into shit because they want, they want to buy into it. They want to believe it because if they believe it and, and, and it's true, then it means that it's way easier than just doing it the fucking hard way. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of health benefits with eating organs, but you're not going to look like a guy that's like on some massive, I mean, he must have been on some serious roid. Uh, it was $10,000 a month of, of human growth hormone. That's like Mr. Olympia style. That's more than any bodybuilder takes in growth hormone, but he had some sort of weird inconsistency that his body would not accept the growth hormone very much, so he had to take an obscene so amount of it. he just upped it? Yeah, it was like, uh, it was, was it four vials a week? Four vials of HGH a week. It was $10,000 a month of HGH. Jeez. And then a few other little things. Like, he wasn't on a lot of testosterone derivatives, which yeah. is what most steroids are. They're, you know, you've got your base testosterone, and then there's all different sorts of testosterone derivatives that are basically testosterone, but with a little bit change in the backbone so that they can't aromatize into estrogen or they do something a little bit different. Like he wasn't on <clears throat> from the blood work that came out. He wasn't on any of that crazy shit, but yeah. the amount of H, I mean, that's why he had that big gut, right? You saw him, he had that big bloated belly because the thing people don't understand well, yeah, about HGH is it, it exactly. It makes everything grow, not just your muscles. It makes all your organs grow including your intestines. So basically you got a big balloon behind your abs and it pushes your entire abdomen out. I'm surprised people didn't question that. I mean, it's kind of like, Remember uh, back in the day when uh, Muscle and Fitness magazine, before online was cool, everybody was buying Muscle and Fitness and being like, oh, look at Rich Gaspari or Ronnie Coleman. If, if I lift like them, I'm going to get, you know, big like them. And I'm like, those guys are so <laughs> overdone on roids. It's like, yeah, you, you can't seriously look at that magazine and be like, hey, I want to do a Ronnie Coleman workout because you're going to just basically kill yourself. You kill yourself. That's exactly what it is. And even guys, the, the thing with Ronnie Coleman, that's, did you watch the Ronnie Coleman documentary? I have not. I mean, so it's, it honestly is really good. It's really good. It gives me a lot of is. respect for Ronnie because even all the guys that were even on all the same shit as Ronnie were like, I would try to lift with Ronnie and I would feel like I got my ass beat. Like I would wake up the next day and I would feel like I got in a physical fight because tr just trying to keep up with Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched him, but his joints got to be exactly. Just... That's the thing. It's it's a it's your your your. But he's a pay, not paying ahead. That's not the right word. You're not paying ahead. You are you're basically cashing thing. a check, right? He cashed yeah. his check and had that that time in the spotlight, and that was the time of his life. He was in his prime, but now you watch the documentary, and he's falling apart. Yeah, whereas somebody like Jay Cutler. Who maybe did it a little smarter? Who still won multiple Mr. Olympias? Oh yeah. Who did it smarter? Still on all the fucking drugs. Like let's face it, all those guys are on a massive amounts of all this shit. Yeah, you got Dorian Yates and those guys. I mean, yeah, they're not as big anymore, but they gotta they're still healthy. It just to be. They right? have to take a certain level of it because their body's done making it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's. I don't know, short term, long term, uh, whatever your goals are, I guess. I feel like it's uh, like everything we talk about. Oh, here comes Paul. He's going to talk about balance again. It's everything, right? It's it's the balance of short term versus long term. It's the balance of size versus versus speed. It's the balance of it's it's everything. Everything is a balance. If you can get the most with the least negative on the back end, the most on the yeah. front with the least negative on the back end. 
you know, I, I, I put a quote up this week from, uh, from this Neil Strauss book and it, it, it was a really good book. The book was called emergency and Neil Strauss is an amazing writer. I really, really like the way that he writes. I've read, I've read all of his books so yeah. far and, um, he's a writer for Rolling Stone. And if you guys have never heard of Neil Strauss, he started with, he was a writer for Rolling Stone and he got this, this basically, um, what do you call it when you get a, when they give you a story to write, he got this assignment to, um, basically follow around the guy, this guy named mystery who was the world's best pickup artist. And this guy was an absolute fucking dork, but he learned over years of learning. He taught himself all these different, basically psychological tricks to pick up girls, to pick up women <laughs> for real. And it's, if you read the, the book, life. <clears throat> it's a, it's a, that was his whole life. That's wow. all it was. And to the, you know, from as, from as, as deep as, they had plays like like you were like you were in a football game. They had plays where like they would have specific things played out. They would have counters to every single opposition planned. So no matter what opposition you get after your initial play, you already have a counter to that opposition to like they were reading dog training books like it was it was fucking insane how deep these guys were going. Well, this guy was doing five thousand dollar seminars. How to pick up women. And all these rich guys are coming in and paying these seminars to learn how to do this. Wow. And <clears throat> so Neil Strauss gets this assignment to follow this guy. Well, he, Neil Strauss himself is a self-proclaimed dork. And the, when he sees like the power that this guy has, he's like, he, he loves it. And he, and he invests himself into it. Well, he's a smart guy. So after investing himself for, for months and years, he becomes like, he basically takes the crown. And people are, because he's, he's more intelligent, he's more manipulative. And then, so that's one of the books, that's the book, the game. And then the book after that is basically the next step in his life where he figures out that just being able to bang any woman you want or multiple women at a time is not fulfilling. And it's his, it's his mental evolution from pickup artist to fulfillment. And then post fulfillment, he is, starts going down the kind of like prepper road. And when he goes down that prepper road, he's, he's worried about the future of our country. He's worried about what he's going to no. do. So he starts out, he starts out a runner, right? There's runners and there's fighters. He starts out a runner. So he decides he's going to get a second citizenship. And he, 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 he knows he's writing the book. So he keeps very good detailed notes about where he was always at during this whole seven-year process. No. But so he's, he's researching all these different places to get a citizenship. The cool thing about the book is I didn't know any of this shit, but yeah. like, so why did, why did he get the, <clears throat> um, dual citizenship so that he could escape quickly when shit, when shit happened, he would be able to, <laughs> he would be able to get to another country Good fast, <clears throat> not have to, you know, he'll be able to get across borders. He'll be able to get to wherever he's going, you know, and, and he goes through all these different places. Well, if you have this country in Europe, they own all these islands so you can get to these islands and it's all this different shit, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but <laughs> that's well I'm, I'm surprised they put that in a book it's uh he and he he goes pretty deep um which he, on a he, side note for our listeners it is a good idea if you can obtain multiple passports because i do carry multiple passports and it does get you a lot better uh movement through uh customs in in certain countries so he was at the point where he was he was joining um volunteering training and joining a bunch of disaster relief 
places to get their credentials and their uniforms so that when something happened, he would be able to quickly cross over borders. He would be able to travel from place to place because he would be the help, even though he wasn't getting it to actually help. Mm -hmm. But the evolution of him in this book is going from runner and then slowly learning how to, how to take care of himself, slowly learning how to survive in the wild, slowly learning how to use a knife, slowly learning how to use a gun. Cause he's a, he's a, you know, downtown Chicago native that grew up yeah. in a high rise. He's a dork. He has no idea how to do any of this stuff. He lives in LA. So I'm, I'm curious. So did you read his prepper yeah. book? You did? What? Yeah. So his prepper book, does it talk about the, and I, I haven't read the book. Yeah. I don't know the guy. Mm-hmm. So does he talk about the, cause a lot of preppers think that the thing to do is to basically, I'm going to stock up everything and I'm going to basically hold myself like the Alamo. I'm going to be in my fort fortress of home. And a lot of the proper ways to prepare is to, because you, there's hardly any way that you can really get off a grid if shit goes down. So you have to be where you're very, very mobile, which is why. You know, I, I just quick popped that in as like having multiple passports. You have to be able to move quickly. So the country takes a shit. Got to be able to leave the country and get in easily at another country. So when he gets deeper into the whole planning of everything, there's bug in and bug out. So bug and each each scenario is going to have a different situation. You might have to bug in for three days before you can bug out. You might have to bug out immediately, you know, depending on where you're at. Yeah. And then where you're going to bug out to, what your bug out plan is. And it's, it's all this different, you know, he, he really does get deep into it. But the evolution of him <clears throat> as he learns to become so much more self-sufficient and he gets confidence in himself and he learns to take care of himself is he goes from being someone who's scared and wants to run to someone who he literally becomes an, an EMT and he's helping disaster relief. And he's confident in himself. And, and the quote that I put up this week was something to the effect of, if you run from death, you also run from life. And that was, and and, and that was kind of the idea. And that's, and that's, that's what made me think of that was like, when you're talking about being so scared that you are going to run from something. You're also running from everything else that comes with it. And that was the balance that we were talking about as far as Ronnie Coleman and all those guys. God, I'm glad I wrapped that up. I was really, I was fishing in my head about where the fuck, I was like, how did we get here? That was how I got there. Because there's mm-hmm. something to do. You, there's a balance in everything. And you cannot be so fucking scared to take some risks that you never actually live your life. But you can't take so many goddamn risks that you're Ronnie Coleman. And he, he said he would never change it. He wouldn't change his yeah. life for the, for a second. But for me, I don't want to have new knees, new hips, hardly be able to walk, be on canes at 55 years old. Yeah. I mean, you're 50. That'd be five years from you. Yeah. Almost 51. So no, I, I definitely understand. I mean, being at this age now, I look at it, it's like, Hey, it's harder to pack on muscle. It's uh you know, I have to adapt and change my diet, uh, the way I do things. And I just have to accept that some things are the limitations of where my body's at, but I can push it. Well, don't you think that, so nature is a lot smarter than we are, right? Like nature is way fucking smarter than we are. Yeah. There's a reason that you can't pack muscle on at this age. 
because your body can't sustain more muscle at this age. Because with more muscle, you need more blood, more oxygen, more all that shit. Yeah. Your health. Your your. I mean, <laughs> for the lack of a better word, you're at maintenance, and that means maintenance not just of skeletal muscle. That means maintenance of lung capacity. That means maintenance of VO2 max. That means maintenance like your body can't support growing more and it's not healthy to grow more. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's uh, what I'm doing is, okay, how do I maintain what I have, but maximize where I'm at? It's you have to play whatever cards are dealt at any time of your life and you have to be willing to change. You can't say, well, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to lift the same I did when I was 30 because I'd probably be dead. And I don't care who you are. If you are overweight, lose weight now. I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever it is, because I promise you, if you lose that weight now, you're going to look a lot better in 10 years than if you lose that weight in 10 years. Yeah. Because if you're you're 50 now and you're overweight and you decide to lose it in five to seven years, your skin is not going to come back. The way that it would have 10 years ago. Yeah. But it's, now, a, we, it's a hard fight right now because in current events, the, the public, the government, the, the medical professionals are trying to say that now obesity is a disease. Now, how can that be a disease when it's something that you brought upon yourself? Yeah, you have a propensity. Some people have a propensity to genetically be heavier, but then it just means you got to work a little harder. But cancer is a disease and cancer from smoking you brought on yourself. Yeah. I'd, I would say it's similar, right? But so are people, are people saying that it's a disease and that they can't fix it? Is that what, I, I don't understand. Yeah, what they're saying is, I mean, cancer is the disease that they have to find a cure for, obviously. But, I mean, there are natural ways of, you know, believing that. That's, you know, we can get deeper in the woods with that. But as far as being obese, I mean doesn't take a lot to not be obese. Even unhealthily doing it, I mean, you could just drop calories all of a sudden and you're going to drop weight. Yes and no. So people that have been overweight for majority of their life have metabolic disorder. They do. Their bodies do not function the same way yours does because they've been obese for so long. So when you eat an apple or a banana, your body excretes 10x of insulin. Insulin processes the sugar, but it also tells your body and helps your body store energy, and it tells your body to store fat, and it slows your body down. Okay, your ghrelin is a hunger hormone. All these hormones, their bodies might be three, four, five, six, seven times as much insulin to process the same sugar in that same apple. So. Yes, you are 100% right, but also don't negate the fact that that person operates differently than you do because they have been obese. Like, metabolic disorder is a real thing. But they have to work. They have to work a lot harder. They're still going to have to do it. That's, yeah. Like, that doesn't, so, unfortunately, yeah, you know, you may not be able to have any sugars. It's our same argument about whether you came from, you know, from nothing to parents that didn't want you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yes, that sucks. I'm sorry for you. But the minute that we take personal, extreme personal responsibility is the minute that we have no more excuses. It's the, it's the Jocko good, right? Yeah. It's, it's, oh, well, I, I didn't come from what you came from. No, good. Because when you get to where I'm at, you'll already have so much fucking momentum, you'll roll right past me. 
Yeah. It's the same idea. But we stop. We stop at saying, I don't have that because I came from here. We don't go, we don't, we don't make the next sentence, which says, but I am going to fucking get there. Yeah. I am going to lose a hundred pounds. I am going to, you know, get in shape. I am going to be able to run with my kids. Yes. You know what? You might be a fat fuck right now that has an awful relationship with food. You might be, you really might be, but guess what? The only fucking person who can fix that is also you who's saying it right now. Right. I can't fix it. All I can do is come on here and be annoyingly fucking consistent about what we say. That's all we can do. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of those people, guess what? It's it's mid-January. They're going to be hitting the gym now after they get over their hangovers and get the motivation and get the new clothes to get in. So it's not the first of the year where people hit. It's about mid-January where all of a sudden the rush hits. You know what was the best this year? was Monday, New Year's, or no, Monday, January 2nd. Because a lot of people still had off. Like a ton of fucking people still had off because oh. it was in observance of the holiday. Yeah. So Monday at the gym, which normally Monday, the first Monday after New Year's would have been packed. Yeah. No, it was ghost town. It was great. I loved it. I looked around. I'm like this. Let, let, let's keep it like this. <laughs> um, but which you is, know what? Which it, is mean to say. Which is it, mean to say. It's good if they, by mid-month, like I said, these people are going to get in. And you just got to pray that, you know what? that there's some form of consistency that happens. Just stick to it. Just yeah. fucking stick to it. Just, just, and you know what? Forgive yourself. If you, if you quit for a week and then February 7th, you're like, fuck, I quit. Well, that's okay. I'm going to start again today. It doesn't matter if it's not the first of the year. You can, you can start again in March. You can start again in May. I don't fucking care when you start. <clears throat> you need me to call your ass in the morning. Come text, text me, come find me in the gym. If, if you go to our gym, if I don't care if you message me on fucking Instagram, I'll call your ass at four in the morning when I get up and tell you to get your fucking ass out of bed. I don't care. Yeah. Just focus on making it a lifestyle because there's, there's more like whatever animal based 30 just came out. And we talked about that before. My pet peeve is hearing about these, you know, 30 days, 75 days, 60 days, 90 days. Just, just try to just reimagine, reshape your habits to create the lifestyle that's going to last. Okay, this is what I want to look like for the rest of my life, whether it's 30, 40, 50 years. And get the people around you on your side. Because I was talking to a friend yesterday, and he's like, he was, he was at my house, and he was coming to pick up a bottle of whiskey, and he's like, we we're showing him our cabinets, because we have some new cabinets and some old cabinets that just got resurfaced or recovered or whatever. <clears throat> and my wife's opening all the cabinets and he's like, well, where's all the junk food? Cause he knows how we are. And I'm like, I, man, I was like, my self control is not having that shit in the house. Like I, if it's in the house, I'm eating it. Like yeah. I, I know that. So we just, we can't have it in the house. And he's like, Oh my God. He's like, my wife, literally we have a pantry of just crap. He's like, and yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to. He's like, I'm just like you, but I have it. And he's, he is one of those people. He's the most unhealthy fit guy you'll ever meet. Like he looks, he's lost some muscle over the years, yeah. but looks like an Adonis barely works out. Eats like trash. Just like congratulations on the genes, bro. You yeah. know, but what's it doing <clears throat> to your internal organs? Oh, I mean, he has, I mean, problem, he has, you know? he has psoriatic, ar- psoriatic arthritis. Is that psoriasis, right? Psor- psoriatic arthritis is the skin. Yeah. He has the skin shit. So oh, he's unhealthy yeah. and he knows it. He knows it. Yeah. But it doesn't show on him how it does on other people. Yeah. No, which is funny that uh, 
you know, just a side story. I know we're getting really deep here, but whatever, we got time. <laughs> but my uh my eleven year old, you know, comes back from his mom's and he's got like his lips are all chapped and, you know, got a a cold sore, which is basically, you know, like a lip ulcer and it's it's herpes. And but a lot of the causes that drive that is if you're on such a high grain diet and you don't have enough choline, like from eggs, you know, well, it's from, any, it's, yeah, it's any sort of, any sort of systemic stress will cause the virus to be able to take over. Yeah. But once you have the virus, it's there forever. But you know, you add that with the chap lips. So we're in a season where there's chap lips and crack, you know, side of your mouth and all that where people get, you know, crack feet or whatnot. Well, if you correlate that, if, if your diet especially around Christmas time when you're slamming down cookies and carbs and everything. Cause I asked my son, well, what'd you have in the last, you know, a couple of days? It's like, well, we had a, the red lobster cheese biscuits. Uh, oh, those uh, are so fucking good. You know, butter, God, no- butter noodles and all those? that and bread. So basically I was like the nutritional value that you had the last couple of days were hundred percent, nothing but carbs, processed wheat, everything. So, Let's let's try it. I said, this is a perfect example. Let me show you. Let's, uh, the next few days here, we're going to have, you know, a lot of eggs. We're going to have, you know, we eat a lot of red meat, obviously. You know, we had some turkey. And all of a sudden, boom, cleared up, gone. And my son's just like, wow. And I'm like, okay, let me show you a couple doctors online that even explain this so that you don't think it's dad because a lot of times kids think, oh, well, then dad says it. Oh, Exactly. It doesn't have as much teeth. Somebody to else it, will right? say the same, the same exact thing. You ever have that where your kids come tell you something that somebody else said that you yeah. fucking told them before? Yeah. You're like, I, yeah, I told so you so. that. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I always try to back it up with some kind of professional because otherwise my son be like, are you sure you said that? I'm like, yeah. We even did the experiment now. Now you can see it, learn, remember it, take it with you as an adult. So, and that's a learning experience, right? And oh, yeah. and he'll ha- he'll need that learning experience five more times before it really clicks, but every time it'll click a little bit more. Yeah. It'll click a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Yep. I'm like, yeah, it's just about it's what you put in your body is, you know, the outside outward signs, the red flags, you know, as what's happening on the inside and on the outside. So So yeah. The people that are around you we, we find, wait, hold on, hold on. Before we get into the actual meat of this podcast, Uh-oh. have you heard this shit going on in Mexico? Oh, you were telling me about it. I've heard bits and pieces, and I'm just like. So, the Mexican government takes El Chapo, who is the leader of the Sinaloa cartel, takes El Chapo's son on a, on a raid, basically. The Sinaloa cartel is nutting up, like, they are opening fire on airplanes. They're taking over towns with fucking 50 cals on top of Toyota Tacomas. They're, they're making runs on prisons. Like, this is a legit military agency taking a run at the fucking Mexican government. Oh, yeah. They're like the legit Taliban, so that, that's how it is, man. Dude, that is wild. Like, that is, that is right across the border from us. Mm-hmm. Like. One fake line away from us is complete chaos. Yeah. But also some of the most beautiful country. Yeah, I know. Some beautiful resorts, too. Right? Ooh. Stay away from those right now. I, they own part of them. From what I hear is they're, they're invested, right? I mean, the, the cartel yeah. is not just a, a fucking gang anymore. Like, they're a legit. They're, they're, they're suited up. They're, they're businessed up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they are 
they own some of these resorts. They own some of these contractors. They're doing work on the on the roads. They're they're paying off government officials. They I mean they're a legit business agency with a military arm basically. Yeah. So just when you when you go down to Mexico this year, just make sure you don't look like a valuable tourist because uh, they'll use you for leverage. Um, and I mean, like to go along with that, in November the 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 border numbers was two hundred thirty three thousand people encountered. That's not that's just people encountered. That's not people that came over. That's just people encountered. Yeah. And fentanyl and heroin seizures were up fifty percent. Human trafficking. Human trafficking. Uh, childless or parentless children, all of this, everything is up. Yeah. And a small portion of it is Mexican. It's a lot of it is Central American people that are coming through Mexico to get to the United States. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, it's all going to be solved because, you know, apparently Biden's going to go down to the border finally. Well, I would, yeah, and, do, and do what? <laughs> gaff, gaff the border closed? Uh, I don't know. Exactly the same thing he did when he went down to the ports and absolutely did nothing but create more problems. We didn't so. even hear anything about that. Yeah, he was down there when I was down there and he basically just kind of let the unions kind of do what they wanted. So he was just a puppet. So I'm 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 working on this I'm working on this creature from Jack Jekyll Island book yeah, and that's we're going to do a we're going to do an episode on the Federal Reserve, but um holy shit what a criminal enterprise that is. Um but it's crazy when you hear about shit like that. Like the basically bankrupt cities that are held to grounds by the unions and the union, you know, the, like New York in the, in the eighties, seventies, eighties, I don't remember what the actual dates were. Um, just a little dab as far as this goes, but New York was going to go bankrupt because the average big city had 29 city workers per thousand people. New York had 47 per thousand people and the average like it was something crazy like the average ah, what was it average x-ray technician made a hundred and forty dollars a week and the average change porter in the subway made 220 so oh. not only did they have an obscene amount more people working for the government than the average city they also made a drastic amount more plus all their benefits are way more and so New York was going to, basically New York was going to go bust. Well, no country is going to let their biggest city go bust. So we bail them out. So what you have is you have all of these people, 300 and, I don't let's say back then there was 280 million people. You have all these 280 million people from around the country that are paying taxes. And you have a portion liberal and a portion conservative. The conservative people, just by nature, are more fiscally responsible. So you've got a bunch of fiscally responsible states, fiscally responsible people, fiscally responsible cities that are paying for a bunch of fiscally irresponsible fuck-ups. Yeah. And that's what we have now. Mm -hmm. And it's not just states. It's banks. It's big business. It's all this shit. And we're just, we're just taking the brunt of it. Yeah. We're just, I don't know, we're good at giving money away. We are good at giving money away. So, All right, that's enough, that's enough bullshit back and forth which, randomness. Uh, Should we get into the actual meat of this podcast? Well, I just do want to share a meme that I saw the other day. That yes, was awesome. please. Was, uh, was old uh, President Zelensky. 
sitting at a table and uh the meme says you know hey let me show you how to make uh you know seven trillion dollars while working from home and it just shows him <laughs> sitting at his, at his dinner table at home yeah I, I i would be really curious to see any sort of follow-up with where the amount of money has gone because yes you know what some of it has gone to the war effort but for every dollar i bet it's less than 50 cents yeah Way less than 50 cents, I'm guessing. So, because think about that. Think about if, if, you know, if you, if you extrapolate that down to the smallest point and your neighborhood was battling with another neighborhood, right? And the, the city of Madison came in and they said, we're going to give your neighborhood a million dollars to battle with the other neighborhood. Well, you have a lot of intelligent business people in this neighborhood. They're going to be like, all right, yeah, I got these sticks in my backyard that we could sharpen. Yeah, but, oh, you need them? Well, they're going to be $20 a stick. Well, you just had them in your backyard. Yeah, but they're 20 bucks a stick. Sorry. All right, so we'll buy those. Yeah, I got a car you can buy to battle the other car, but it's going to be $50,000. It's a Honda Civic from 1974. Well, too bad. 50 grand. You need it. You got to have it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just human nature. It is. And this whole war thing, I know a lot of people that, you know, I've talked to that basically cross the border into Romania are saying that it's, they're not pissed off at Russia. They're pissed off at the U.S. Really? We're perpetuating this war. Really? Yeah. So this is from talking to people that are actually there. What is the reason for that? Because uh, the reason that it keeps going is that we keep funding this war. It's, It's not like Russia wanted to take Ukraine contrary to what the the media and the popular spin is has nothing to do with it so well what did russia invade ukraine for uh that's that's some of it is historic uh some of it is is uh not perpetuated but uh brought on by not just u.s involvement but other countries so part of it has to do with the uh um i know a lot of it had to do with nato alliances and stuff like that. yeah yep yeah, what was that one called? That basically was formed basically uh, for exactly this, you know, where Russia can join it. What was the name of that one? Not the EU, that's the European Union. Um, oh, the Iran, Russia, China, that thing? No, China's not in it. Oh, okay, um, never mind then. Yeah, I don't want to also just quote something that, that's way off, but. Do a little bit of research, but basically, yeah, the people that have, like, fleed from Ukraine that I know that are in Romania now are saying, hey, it's a lot of people are upset because the U.S. just keeps funding this thing. And it's not all Putin. Everybody, Putin's not the uh Well, I'm the also curious guys. because a lot of those Ukrainians are Russian. They have Russian cousins. Like, mm-hmm. it's they, they share each other's sugar, right? So yeah. it's not necessarily as cut and dry as we want to expect it is right it would be like if we were battling illinois yeah like we have a lot of family in illinois are we just going to fight them no and so it's a little bit i get i get where it's a lot muddier than uh than what the media wants you to think it is yeah they just want you to basically be in agreement with us pushing all this money over there yeah i could see that with no accountability so so anyway well, look How at that. How far are we in? Well, yeah, we're, we're 50 minutes in. You know what I think, guys? I think because we're 50 minutes, there's no way we're actually even going to be able to cut 
um, the rest of this actual meat of this podcast into this episode, you guys are going to have to wait until next week to actually get the meat of the podcast, which the meat of the podcast is, is, is about surrounding yourselves. You know, the, 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 the average of the, the five closest people or most influential people in your life are, are going to be what you become. So I think I'm actually just going to cut right now. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of the week. You got 50 minutes of us talking shit. And then next week, you'll get a good podcast. I mean, this is a good podcast too, but wait, hold on. Wait until next week. I'm going to finish off this 10 minutes. I got a story, and this story is so bad that I have to tell the True whole story. world. I have to tell the world about this story. True story. So, yeah, and it's not clean. So if you're one of those people that gets a little bit gagged out, just stop right here. You can move on. You never need to listen to this story. But, oh, my God, did I have a problem this week. So if you, you, you've had a wet fart before, right? Oh, did, like, you, did you shat yourself? Just listen. This is worse than <laughs> shitting yourself. Okay. You've had a wet fart. Everybody's had a wet fart. It happens, right? Like you didn't necessarily know it was coming on, but you let a little fart squeak out and, and a little bit goes in your butt cheeks and some of it goes in your underpants. Like it happens. <laughs> okay. But mine happened. I don't know where this is going. Oh, it's bad. Mine happened after I had completely derobed and I was getting ready to get in the shower. And I thought I just had a fart and it was a wet fart. And I'm naked. So all I can think of is, oh, my God, did I just shit on the floor? I literally thought I shit on my own carpet uh, at home. And so I squeezed my butt cheeks together really quick. And I turned around. Thank God I caught it all. (laughs) Oh, it was so bad. All I could think of was, man, this is going to be the worst if I have to clean up my own feces off of my carpet. Because that is going to be really embarrassing. But that is a a 10 on the weird shit meter. Right? (laughs) With that note, (laughs) we're going to move on, and I will cut this now, and we'll start another podcast 